The Secret of the Tree and the Bee Episode 2 of Signs and Secrets of Fatima with Mariana Bartold Given that we are in the time of Fatima, what does it mean for us that we live in an era of conditional prophecy? Have you ever wondered why at Fatima Our Lady appeared standing above a home oak tree? And why might some of the onlookers discern Our Lady's speech as an indiscernible murmur, like the buzzing of a bee? Praise be Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, Content Director of the Fatima Center, joined once again by Mariana Bartold as we discuss Fatima's signs and secrets. Welcome again, Mariana. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me again. Hopefully, uh, dear viewer, listener, you caught our pilot show. That was a previous show, so this is now our second show in this series. And we're really going to pick up right where we left off. So if you want to understand the reason for this show, what's its purpose, what we're trying to accomplish, I invite you to go ahead and listen to the pilot show, view it. We'll have those notes in the show notes underneath, the links. And we'll go ahead and begin with a Hail Mary. Name the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So, Mariana, just to catch us up and our viewers on what we had been discussing last time, uh, Mm -hmm. we actually really just got into two of the small but very important and rich details that are in the message that Our Lady brought us, the message of Fatima. And by the message, I, of course, don't just mean the words she says, but everything she did, all of her actions. And there's a sacramental people. We know that the sacraments come in matter and form. Form is the words, but the matter is very important. And the scriptures are filled with very important details. So last time, for example, we talked about the cloud. And we certainly mentioned that the cloud represents Our Lady, It connects her to the Blessed Trinity, the presence of the Blessed Trinity, to divine revelation, obviously the presence of God amongst his people, like the glory cloud, the Shekinah, to the church, and certainly to Catholic worship as well. So we had a lot of connections with the cloud. And then we also mentioned the east. We mentioned how the east represents the resurrection, because the sun rises in the east, that Our Lord will come again in the East at the time of the General Judgment, there in Mount Olivet. And the Catholic worship is meant to be in the direction of the East. That's what that phrase, ad orientum, refers to, for those who are familiar with it. And that really even the East represents heaven, and you could say a scriptural Mm -hmm. language. So it's obviously eminently appropriate that Our Lady, who has been assumed body and soul into heaven, would in fact come from the East. East. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so all of that also connects us again to our Catholic worship. So those were just some of the, the connections. And by no means, I think, Mariana, we say those are exhaustive, right? There's, there's much oh, yes. more richness, I'm sure, in the cloud and in the east. Yes, absolutely. I think I, I have a chapter on almost every single sign, uh, the times that they appeared, the people's reactions, what witnesses had to say. And, you know, again, in my book, Fatima, the Science and Secrets, 
I explore most of the time these signs, um, what it means for the life of the church. And, of course, the kingdom of uh, heaven on earth is the church. And, of course, you know, we have the church suffering. Our Lady mentioned purgatory, of course, in the very first one when she was asked a question about two children, uh, actually two young ladies that uh, Lucia knew. So purgatory was mentioned. She herself said she came from heaven. Later, she shows the children a vision of hell. All of the important key doctrines and dogmas of the church are manifested through the Fatima apparitions in the most magnificent way that they were seen in different ways in previous and even other ones that were approved by the church. But Fatima, as I always say, the crown of all Marian apparitions, there have never been signs seen by other witnesses, up to 70,000 to 100,000 witnesses by the time of the miracle of the sun that saw such signs at any church-approved Marian apparition. Couldn't concur more. I mean, I've taught class, for example, the history to high school students, or, you know, other talks, but I always say Fatima is the most important event of the yeah. 20th century, yeah. and we are really living in Fatima time, so now I can extend that to say of the 21st century as well. Well, yes. Uh, until something else happens, like maybe the real consecration of Russia, then we might have some event that's bigger, but that's really connected to Fatima, so it's still part of the Fatima, yes. Fatima event, if you will. Well, you know, I had mentioned on my own podcast at one point, and it was before and in regard to the consecration, our Lord said if he is not obeyed because his request was given by the Blessed Virgin. So her request is really his command. He's God. It's his command. It's his will. He said the punishments will continue and augment until he is obeyed. We are definitely living in the Fatima era. We were born into it, and people don't even realize that. But we were born into this era where Our Lady gave us conditional prophecies, and it depends on our collective response as the church militant on whether the good prophecies come to pass quicker or the bad ones come to pass first, because we do know that eventually what she asked will be done. We, know she, we do have that promise, thank God, that she said, in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she will be converted, and an heir of peace will be granted to the world Another translation says to mankind. Uh, either way, it's, it's a wonderful promise, but it all depends on the fulfillment. And in the meantime, you know, souls are being lost. People don't understand what's happening. They uh, either aren't well catechized, they've never been catechized, or they're falling into heresy, sometimes through no fault of their own, because unless they know about the traditional sources that are available today, they can't get a sound catechesis. And that's why it's so important for us to know the message of Fatima, love the message of Fatima, share the message mm-hmm. of Fatima. So, so do send this video to others. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned our collective response. Mm-hmm. You know, that even ties us right back to what we were talking about with the little cloud. Um, yes. Because the little cloud that came over Mount Carmel is going back to three kings, but that cloud that represents Our Lady was seen in the shape of a foot, yes. a little foot. Which harkens back, of course, to Genesis 3.15, yes, which I see up on the screen. I mean, you use Genesis 3.15 because that's that famous passage, Ipsa Conteret in Latin. Absolutely. Which, which basically means she will crush. And that's referring to the fact that Our Lady will crush the serpent. You often see that in statues of Our Blessed Mother. She is stepping on the serpent. She will crush the devil. But the fathers also go on to say that we, as in the members of the mystical body of Christ, we, her children, who pledge fidelity to Christ the King, are her heel. And so she is, let's say, using us as well to crush the serpent. That's our collective part. We can't just stand back and sort of think, well, God's going to do it without our participation. Our Blessed Mother will do it without our participation. No, he's going to do everything, but he's also commanded, and it is our part to obey. And we must obey faithfully, and we have not yet obeyed promptly. 
which is why we're suffering what we're suffering. And Panama is the only solution. People have to realize that. So we all got to get on board and obey and, and share the message. Absolutely, wholeheartedly. Very true. So let's just keep discussing the message. You know, different things will interest others and, and sort of, I think, get them excited. One of the questions we didn't get to last time, which again is a small detail that I don't think most people are aware yes. of, is obviously it was only Lucia who spoke with Our Lady of Fatima. Now, Jacinta did get to hear Our Lady yes. of Fatima speak. Francisco would not hear the words, so he would have to get them to tell later on after she left. He would ask them, what did the lady say? Yes. And yet... There's a detail here where people like Maria de Carrera, the onlookers who started coming, said that they could at times hear an indiscernible murmur, mm -hmm. sort of like a voice. And so why maybe were they allowed to hear just a small little murmur instead of like a knock? A knock is just silence. Absolutely. Um, yeah. At other times, like when she appears to Bernadette at Lourdes, the people don't hear anything. Yes. So why might there be this indiscernible murmur that came up at Fatima, do you think? I think Mariana? it's, uh, Marie Carrera mentioned it as the buzz, like, almost like the buzzing of a bee. And she only heard it when it was a response to something that Child Lucia had said. So, of course, they automatically came to the conclusion that this was the voice of the Virgin somehow being manifested to them. So, we have what is, a, a bee is representative of so many things. Um, the land of milk and honey. Uh, our candles at church are made out of beeswax. The Virgin Mary herself is represented by the beeswax, as is our Lord, who is the light of the world, represented by the candles that we light in church. So we have all of these things that represent, one, the perpetual virginity of the Blessed Mother through this one sound of a voice like the buzzing of a bee coming through to only a few people. Now, we know Maria Carrera was one of the few who believed uh, in Fatima right from the beginning. Not everyone heard it. It was and those who did were the most closest to the children. Nobody else, as far as I know, ever said they heard that. So it was apparent to them what was happening here. So we have all these representatives, the virgin the perpetual virginity of the of the Blessed Virgin, her immaculate conception, again through the thought of a bee, bees, wax, honey, land of milk and honey, right? All the promises that our Lord has given us. And we have the Holy Scriptures that usually talk about voices in a loud way. You hear it like voice of thunder, um, or it's loud, or it's strong, but not at Fatima. The voice they heard was soft and gentle, like like a breeze, like the slight buzzing of a bee, um, the motherly voice of Our Lady of Fatima. And so I explained in my book, although I did not get into the um, explanation of the bee, I did mention it, that as it was like Our Lady, the Queen of Prophets, um, took as her own the words of Zacharias the prophet who had written and they that are far off meaning people who will later hear Fatima or even farther in the fields at the time of the apparitions in the Kova uh, and they that are far off shall come and build in the temple of the Lord and you shall know that the Lord of hosts sent me to you but this shall come to pass if hearing you will hear the voice of your God. And that, again, takes us back to our Lord later telling Lucia that the requests of his mother are his own command and will. So Our Lady has all of these beautiful titles in the litany of Loretto. The Queen of Prophets, of course, is 
one of them, but we also have the Queen of Peace, which was added shortly before the uh, Fatima apparitions. And as you mentioned in the previous podcast, a lot of people only look at Fatima, and I've, I've said it myself in my podcast, as pray the rosary for world peace, and that's it. And that's very important. It's an important, imperative part of the message of Fatima, but there is so much that she spoke of, including that which we don't know yet from the third secret. But those signs were given to us in such a wonderful way, only at Fatima, so that we could figure out maybe even more about the message, our role, uh, if we don't understand the role of Our Lady in salvation history, we will find a lot of them by studying the scriptures, looking at the signs of Fatima, going back to the scriptures, which is what I did in the book, uh, my book, Fatima, The Signs and Secrets, and understand why we are being asked for a greater devotion, that this is, this is the heart of the Fatima message, which was given in July, the secret, the great secret, right, the three distinct parts of the great secret. But the solution is devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which includes, you know, the rosary, the five first Saturdays, wearing the brown scapular, doing your daily duty, etc. You know, the five, five different ways. And of course, for the Pope and the bishops to the consecration. So again, if hearing my voice, right, as we see from the prophet Zechariah, Our Lady, in, even in that one little sign, is asking people to hear her voice, to really listen. And what did St. Paul said? Faith comes through hearing. It's also strengthened by hearing, by prayer, by sacrifice. And so I think there, again, so much depth to that one particular sign, which only a few people were graced to hear. Sure, and we might even ask, you've already addressed it, but why a sound like a bee? You've certainly been talking about that. I think one other connection, you alluded to it very briefly, is throughout the Old Testament, we're hearing about the promised land, which is described as a land of milk and honey. Obviously, honey is coming from the bee. Certainly in the time of the Old Testament when it's being written, you're not going to get any honey without a bee. And I remember one of my scripture classes, the professor explaining that cows and bees were always kept outside the city. So when you go back to those old times, cities had to be fortified and they had walls around them, right? And so if an enemy attacks, the people can come into the city for defense. But obviously then that means you can't get to the pastures outside or to the honeycombs outside. And so that... One of the understandings, again, Scripture's got so many levels, but one of the understandings of honey and milk is that this many was a time of peace. Because if you can get to a land flowing with milk and honey, you're not walled in your fortified city, but you can go out into the countryside. And that immediately makes me think, oh, well, there's a connection there with Our Lady of Fatima Mm -hmm. and her promise of peace. Right, That's one of her big promises. Once we obey her, once we fulfill her command as we're supposed to, then she's going to grant the world a period of peace. And it's going to be a real peace, yes. not just the absence of conflict in my neighborhood or the absence of conflict in this or that country, but it's going to be a worldwide phenomenon, the likes of which the world has never seen. Right? Sometimes I think we ask too little of God. We, we just don't think he's that great or that powerful. God wants to grant us these many graces. Our Lady will do that. So this yeah. great peace... And so when I hear, and we ask the question, why a sound like a bee, I certainly think of the land flowing with milk and honey, and I think of peace, and I think of the promise of Our Lady, as well as you were mentioning, you know, Zechariah 6.15, and all the other scriptural connections you made, you made for us. Yeah, there's so many of them, and you know, speaking of the peace, it's again something I would say, this is only a peace that God can give, right? An era of peace will be granted to the world, well, granted by whom? By our Lord. Right, the Holy Trinity through the intercession of Our Lady and the prayers and the sacrifices of the faithful who who do as Our Lady asked. 
Yeah, I mean, sometimes I really do think we, we sort of sell God short. Like mm-hmm. We don't have enough faith and confidence in Him. Uh, I'm always reminded as well of, for example, when Our Lady appeared in 1830 in Rue de Bac to Catherine Labouret. That's sort of mm-hmm. one of the major apparitions that I would say begins the age of Mary in which we're living yeah. in. But she had those rings, and some of the rings were shining on all this grace, and then some of the rings were not. And Catherine asks, and Catherine Labouret asks, well, why are some darkened? And Our Lady says, it's because I have all these graces to give, but nobody people are not asking for them. Nobody asks right? for them. Similar to Fatima, how so many souls fall into hell because nobody is praying for them. And so I think, well, let's not sell ourselves short. Let's not limit ourselves to thinking God is only capable of this you know, minor piece of a limited piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I still talk to people who think, oh, well, we already had peace because, and they'll come up with whatever, you know, the Berlin Wall fell, or because even recently they'll talk about the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade. And while all of those things are graces that God does grant, again, that is very, very limited. Uh, yes, it has a lot of human explanations. God is going to provide something that is beyond our our possibility beyond it. But let's ask for it and let's have faith and let's have confidence and let's realize this peace that God wants to grant us is like nothing that this world can offer, mm-hmm. nothing that we can envision. Uh, but we got to have trust. we got to have faith. we got to pray hard and, and do what Our Lady is asking, I think. And, and again, like I say, have greater faith, greater cope in Our Lady. Not 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 sell ourselves short. Ask for, ask more, for more because God is never outdone in generosity. Yes. And it's wonderful that you brought up St. Catherine Labour and what Our Lady said to her because those I also included those because all of the apparitions of Our Lady that were approved by the Church as worthy of belief. Are, they're all connected to each other, and personally I believe that they culminate in Fatima. The few that came later, Bereng, Benon, um, Akita, they are connected. It's the same Blessed Mother. Some people will sometimes say, well, I like Our Lady of Lourdes, but I'm not too crazy about this one. It's the same Blessed Mother. You know, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the same Blessed Mother. She's the Immaculate Conception, all the titles that you give to her. And when our Lord sends his mother, you know this message is serious. You know, he's, he's given us prophets before. He has and angels before, and here at Fatima we see this angel that um, we are pretty sure, you know, again, with moral certainty, St. Michael, giving all these wonderful signs that are not well known today, and this wonderful message of either or, because either or is going to happen, but again, their prom- the promise is going to, to eventually take place, you know, we're living in the Fatima era, as I said, People have to, like you said, pray with confidence. People used to make short prayers. My Jesus, my confidence. You know, sweetheart of Mary, be my salvation. Um, oh Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee, which is on the miraculous medal given to St. Catherine Labore. So this is the same Blessed Mother giving us all of these different means, these sacramentals. But at Fatima, she gave us the most stupendous miracle, public miracle, since the parting of the Red Sea. This was a stupendous miracle, and yet people still today will say, they'll come up with some kind of mass hypnotism. Well, what, who was it? St. Thomas Aquinas? For those who believe, no, no proof is necessary. For those who don't believe, no explanation will suffice. And it's as simple as that. But for Catholics who believe in God, who believe in the Church, who believe in the efficacy of the seven sacraments, we have to understand that Fatima is a message for our times. And until she is obeyed, it will continue to press upon us. It will continue to arise one way or other in the Church because God is going to make sure of it because Fatima itself is a work of God. Well, I think we have time for another question. If you don't mind getting into it, Mariana, you didn't, I think, touch on this too much in your book. But I believe you have just recently written an article that will come out in the, the latest issue of Catholic Family News, yes. where you might be talking about this. So people who want more details can get uh, the latest issue of Catholic Family News. You'll see Mariana there. She's been featured in that periodical many times. 
But my question, because I've often wondered it, is is there any significance to why Our Lady decided to stand on a home oak tree oh. as opposed to anything else? Yes. Um, this home oak tree upon which Our Lady stood, first of all, manifested its own signs. When people saw that the, the leaves were either bent or inclined toward the east when she the children said, or Lucia said that she was had left or she was leaving, they could see these tiny little leaves and the branches lift up and again go toward the east. So why a tree? She's appeared on sitting on a chair uh, with St. Catherine Labouret at La Salette. She was sitting on a rock and then stood up. Same thing with Massabiel, Our Lady of Lourdes. So why a tree at Fatima? Again, because I think this is the culmination, the big one, of all of the mirroring apparitions of the modern times. And I think the hallmark ties us back to the tree of life in paradise, in the sense of the symbolism, again, that we see in our sacred history. Right. So we know that there were two trees in the garden. There was the tree of life in the midst of paradise and the tree of knowledge of good or evil. And we know that the tree of life was so called because it had the quality as the Dewey Rames uh, translation of the Holy Bible says, that by eating by the fruit of it, man would have been preserved in a constant state of health and vigor and strength, and he would not have died at all. Now, the tree of knowledge, that was the one to which the deceitful serpent falsely attributed the power of imparting a superior kind of knowledge beyond that which God was pleased to give us. We hear about that in the in the Genesis history, that the Lord put the man there uh, into the paradise of pleasure, as it's called in the Bible, to dress it and to keep it. And he commanded him, but of the tree of knowledge, right? You can have anything to eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in what day soever thou shalt eat of it, thou shalt die the death. And that's Genesis 2, uh, verses 15 through 17. Part of that's quoted in my article, too. The Lady Eve, she knew also of this commandment imparted to her through Adam. We knew about the story of the fall. And so through this disobedience of our first parents, falling from grace willfully, by willfully disobeying our Lord's one command to eat of the tree forbidden to them, this tree of knowledge and evil, we know that when the serpent first approached Eve, she fell, then she in turn tempted Adam, who was first created by God because he was intended to be the father and the head of all humanity. Through him, we lost the supernatural graces because he was the father of, of all humanity. St. Alphonsus de Lourdes even tells us about this great sin. So after the fall of our parents, our Lord God reproached Adam and even said, Behold, Adam is now become as one of us, right? So we go forward to that. So I think what we have here, because... We have an angel also when God made them leave the Garden of Paradise. There was cherubims that were placed with a flaming sword turning in every way to keep the way of the Tree of Life. Uh, I didn't get to mention this in the article, but I think that's interesting too because we see an angel in the third secret vision with a flaming sword. This is another connection right back to the fall of mankind, to the promise of the woman and her seed and the serpent and his seed. And so we know that, again, Adam and Eve were barred from the tree of life. They were wounded by the four chief effects of sin, which are weakness, ignorance, malice, and concupiscence. This tree is representing the paradise that we are promised in the next life. But we also think we have to look at the woman causing the fall. A woman would cause the redemption. That's Our Lady. And so the Lord decreed this perpetual enmity between the woman and the serpent that he himself would place between them. We see that through them, through this prophecy, we are being told of the Virgin Mary and 
her divine son, who is also her savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We see the um, tree of life because St. Bonaventure especially gave us um, typological and allegorical method of scriptural interpretation, which was one of his favorite things to do. And he would demonstrate how one single object uh, can and does serve as a figure type for more than one person or place or thing or event. So he used the word or in this following paragraph that I think will say almost everything that needs to be said, but it's bottomless, of course, you know, we could talk about it forever, uh, to show us that the tree of life represents at various levels of degree, so to speak, the Virgin Mary, uh, the cross of Christ, Jesus Christ himself, because he is the fruit of life, and that takes us back to the Eucharist. So regarding the tree of life, St. Bonaventure, who lived... Um, in 1221 to 1274, wrote in his book, which is called Mirror of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the following. He said, therefore, well, it is said in the apocalypse, quote, the angel showed John, meaning John the evangelist, the tree of life bearing its fruits every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. He says that the tree of life is Mary, who is the mother of life, just like Eve was called the mother of all the living. But because they lost grace, she then became the mother of the living, but spiritually dead, whereas Our Lady becomes the mother of the living in the truest sense of the word. Um, the tree of life is also the tree of the cross, he said, or else the tree um, is also Jesus Christ, who is the author of life and who's also the fruit of life. So he said those healing leaves on the tree are edifying words and deeds. And if the leaves are healing, how much more healing is the fruit. Then he himself quotes St. Anselm, who said, Hear me, O lady, heal the soul of thy servant, who is a sinner, by virtue of the blessed fruit of thy womb, who sitteth at the right hand of his Almighty Father. And there's just so much. It's about the 12 advantages that are gained by mankind from Jesus Christ, the fruit of life, even the um, the ultimate fate of the of the homo tree. You know, it was stripped of its branches. There was a time when only a stump of it was left. And, well, as I, as I said in the article, it was so much attacked because people were either using it for relics and there were even people who were enemies of the church who tried to blow up the, the remaining stump that eventually this tree died. And so I asked the question, um, and I mean it more than even a rhetorical sense, regarding this Fatima tree, the little hummock tree, which again, only three feet high, humble, small tree, a small tree, uh, glossy leaves, and evergreen, which, you know, today we use evergreen trees for for decorating during holidays um, because they represent eternal life, again, um, a question of mine was uh, put forth. And I said, did the doom of this homo tree, again, unfortunately accomplished by the hands of believing pilgrims, but even by the church's enemies, who tried to destroy the remnants, right, the remnants saved out of grace, of its trunk before its ultimate disappearance, signify the church, the bride of Christ, in her coming passion? No, that's uh, yeah, no, that's an amazing and powerful question, uh, because that's a prophetic act. It would seem we see those as well in the Bible, where you know, God will call a prophet, for example, to build up a wall and then kick it and smash it to signify that the armies are coming to smash, for example, the walls of Jerusalem. So this prophetic act, we've seen that in the scriptures. So to see this tree suffer a kind of destruction, I think, is undeniably a way that Our Lady and God were letting us know what will be happening here to the church, especially as you've made those links. You know, Marian devotion has gone down and Mary is represented by the tree. Our Lord is the fruit of the tree. Uh, the Eucharist is so important to Fatima. And yet we see how much, 
how many indignations, how many sacrileges, profanations, outrages are being committed against the Holy Eucharist in our Lord today in our church that we have to make reparation for, um, the destruction of the church even from within and without. So very, very powerful. Thank you. Thank you very much for that, Mariana. Uh, we really appreciate it. We've run out of time again. So we will continue discussing signs and secrets in our next show. Uh, some of the things to come, dear reader, just to sort of whet your appetite, we will definitely be discussing the angel of Fatima. Uh, that's a very important topic. And Mariana has done a fantastic job linking it to St. Michael, as well as the star of Esther that appears on Our Lady's garment. Again, some wonderful and fantastic research that Marianne has done. So those are two of the two of the big topics to cover, but there's so many in the Signs and Secrets. Thank you, Marianne, for joining us. Thank you, David. Thank you for helping us uh, on my end, and thank you and the Fatima Center for always being faithful to Our Lady of Fatima and the true message and um, in promoting all of her legitimate requests, so many of which are still not fulfilled. And so thank you for asking me to be a part of this most, I think it's the most important work on the planet and in the church. So again, thank you. Amen to that. And God willing, dear viewer, we will see you in a couple of weeks. We'll close with the glory be. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Mariana. May you have a wonderful couple of weeks. God bless. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the message of Fatima and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. Immaculate and Sorrowful Heart of Mary, be our salvation. Sacred Heart of Jesus, thy kingdom come.